Amanda Rosani with Digital CXO, and I'm excited to be here today with Francesco Iorio. He is the co-founder and the CEO of Augmenta. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. So tell me a little bit about yourself and the company. Absolutely. So uh, Francesco Iorio, uh, my background is in computer science, uh, more particularly in high-performance computing. Uh, essentially, throughout all my career, I've been working with uh, very large computer systems, solving problems that are very challenging generally for computers to do, and even more challenging for humans actually to solve. And uh, um, the company, uh, Augmenta, actually is a reflection of some of that journey, if you will, right? so where uh, we are using computers to help the construction industry uh, change some uh, very traditional avenues to design buildings that lead to uh, a lot of waste, a lot of waste both in construction materials and in energy use, right? So, and improving on the traditional design process by adding a happy dose of artificial intelligence that really helps people, you know, make more efficient buildings to waste less resources, less energy, and overall actually increase the productivity of an industry that uh, that has been kind of lagging uh, the general, you know, the general productivity gains that other industries have enjoyed actually over the last few decades. Wonderful. So let's dive into that a little bit more. I know you said that y'all used um, generative design, machine learning, mathematical optimization, and role-based systems to create this new AI solution. So how did you come up with that? Can you walk me through that? And did you have any challenges along the way? Oh, absolutely. So um, this uh, this methodology, if you will, that we, that we created to solve this problem uh, stems from the fact that um, the output, so what, what we produce are engineering design drawings, if you will, right? So, and they have to be, uh, by law, compliant to uh, rules and regulations that are determined by you know, uh, specific governments, right? And specific governmental agencies. So, uh, so uh, unlike other generative systems that exist today that, that people can, you know, use and enjoy, uh, like, you know, chat GPT or stable diffusion, that uh, you know, create you know beautiful pictures or uh, in, in a kind of enjoyable kind of text or or uh, you know, chats. Um, uh, we have to essentially uh, create something that that goes under a lot more scrutiny, if you will. If a few pixels on a picture of you know, a dragon in a fantasy settings could be wrong, right? So and people won't generally complain. If the designs that we create are wrong, actually, uh, there could be you no know, serious implications in terms of you know, regulatory compliance, right? So, and so we had to overcome a challenge in modern generative AI systems that is so-called a hallucination challenge, right? So uh, these systems actually sometimes actually tend to very confidently uh, report wrong answers <laughs> to the statements or to the questions that are actually posed, right? So. So what we did is we matched a, let's say, traditional rule-based uh, design optimization system that is very kind of mathematically rigorous and correct, if you will, that can you know, mathematically prove that the solution is correct, right? So with the, let's say, speed and creativity of modern machine learning techniques that, again, uh, can be seen uh, in uh, in these other in these other systems that are available to customers to use. So. So we came to this conclusion really by matching our uh, essentially deep background and expertise in both disciplines. Right. So we had um, some some seminal research work actually in our careers in, inside not just the leadership team but throughout our organization, both in the deep learning 
uh, essentially section of computer science, right? So, but also again in the large scale mathematical modeling and optimization that has been more traditionally, let's say, the focus of uh, of uh, design optimization work. Great. So, what are some? Can you share some use cases for some companies using this? And then, do you know kind of what the cost and time savings is using this? So the, the system is still in, in beta. So, so we are literally getting the product actually into the hands of customers effectively as we speak, right? So, uh, but we see some preliminary results that are extremely encouraging. And right? so, uh, again, some of the challenges I mentioned earlier in the industry, uh, are, uh, well, the waste, again, up to 30% people don't realize, but up to 30% of construction materials. Uh, that are used in construction industry actually go to landfill instead of you know in the buildings themselves, right? So that's that's a non-insignificant issue, right? So and you know our, our goal and our preliminary uh, kind of studies actually indicate that we're going to be able to you know save uh, a lot of the waste essentially to reduce actually the waste actually by by a considerable amount, twenty to thirty percent, right? So which is really considerable considering that uh, this reduction actually comes from uh, having more certainty about the building materials that are required for a project to exist and to be successful, right? So the level of detail at which uh, our system designs uh, buildings, if you will, or portions of buildings, right, is such that, again, it gives a lot more confidence to people to purchase and to procure and to deliver on the construction site only the materials that are actually necessary, if you will, right? So while, you know, we're not going to claim that we're going to reduce all landfill, that's, that would be impossible, at least in the short term, but we definitely help in uh, in actually making that reduction. And so, but uh, more so, um, uh, there is a second kind of uh, strategy, or if you will, a second benefit of using our systems. In that, uh, the designs that are produced by our artificial intelligence usually, uh, on, on average, they use fewer parts, up to uh, let's say ten percent less actual objects, right? Parts. Uh, to compose the, essentially a system uh, that performs the same function, well, right? So, and so that has uh, savings, of course, of the cost, right? So, of the of the systems that are installed, but of of course, so, you know, as a byproduct of having fewer parts, also, you know, the uh, embodied carbon is reduced, right? So, just as a byproduct of using fewer resources, right? So, but critically, uh, what our main prerogative actually is uh, for the future is to also design systems that are very efficient, so that use less energy, right? So than what is required today, right? So, and uh, while we're starting with electrical systems where efficiency is uh, has only, let's say, modest gains overall, right? So, but in the future, essentially, we are going to create uh, modules for our platform that also design mechanical systems such as uh, you know, air handling, uh, heating and uh, cooling and ventilation systems, which are, you know, some of the systems that actually consume the most amount of energy in buildings, right? So where uh, the energy expenditure is the highest. And so having efficiency gains in those, uh, cumulatively speaking, if all buildings actually were to be designed with our AI, actually the, the savings actually will be really substantial in the future. So definitely more green and better for the environment moving forward. Absolutely. That that's really kind of where uh, we started essentially as one of the main prerogatives of uh, of our efforts is really to actually uh, create something that makes uh, a considerable impact to the industry, uh, both from an economics perspective and from a sustainability perspective. Like luckily, uh, again, adopting this type of technology uh, it doesn't have to be a compromise between the two. 
right? So it, it's, it's not always true that in order to make a system more sustainable, it needs to be more expensive, right? So, and you know, we're, we're proving that. And um, going back, you did mention code compliance. How do you make sure to be in compliance and do you have any quality measures that you use? So compliance actually is is very strict. So that there is a very binary, is <laughs> a very binary uh, analysis, if you will. Actually, a system is either compliant or it is not. Right. So and so uh, we let's say translated the uh, uh, rules and regulations that exist into building code that that are you know books that are like specific to each country and even to each municipality actually sometimes. Right. So. And we translated those rules and regulations into let's say, systematic mathematical rules that we can enforce at the design stage and then uh, check for compliance actually at the at the output. And so uh, critically, uh, we design our AI in such a way that we don't have to check the compliance after the design has been created, but rather the rules and regulations are part of the input to the AI. And so the designs are created such that they are compliant by design. If, if that makes sense. Wonderful. So I want to look at the industry as a whole and ask you, how do you feel generative AI is changing the roles and responsibilities of engineers and other professionals in the industry? That's an extremely good question, actually. Uh, we think that uh, the AI, the injection of AI into these workflows um, uh, changes the relationship between uh, essentially the, the, the stakeholders actually in construction projects actually, and you will do so more actually into the future, mostly by essentially bringing the relationships actually closer together, right? So right now we see a transition and a shift actually in the industry from more, let's say, kind of segregated uh, players, right? So in, for example, design bid build projects, right? So where uh, let's say the architecture and engineering team acts first, and then after the bidding stages, essentially the contractors come in and actually design the building for construction and uh, and, and pro you know, provide the you know, the necessary uh, supply chain, and then go forward actually into the built right? so into the built environment. Right? So, uh, but progressively uh, we see the industry shifting into integrated project delivery, right, or design build types of projects where all these actors essentially have a much closer relationship between each other, right? So, and so we see artificial intelligence actually bringing them together close, much closer because of the speed at which uh, optionalities can be evaluated or questions can be answered, right? So something that normally takes you know, weeks to answer uh, for you know, uh, a question coming from a client in terms of you know, space utilization or sizing of the uh, engineering material, right? So. Uh, generally takes an engineering team and or a contractor, you know, several days or weeks or months sometimes uh, to come up with a design that can answer the specific questions. And so generally speaking, this is not possible to do in iterations or uh, essentially using the so-called optioneering, right? So essentially evaluating multiple options for, for each possible design choice, right? So, but the introduction of AI actually suddenly makes that possibility a reality. And therefore, the dialogue between all these stakeholders actually will be much more dynamic uh, in the sense of decision making, right? So having the ability to very quickly examine and uh, essentially uh, um, create options and viable options actually at that. And so that it really uh, uh, 
sheds additional light on the risks and the compromises that they could be making by making specific choices. Right. So this is something that has never existed really in the industry as a as an option or as an opportunity. Right. So, but that suddenly its emergence actually will make again uh, these people actually uh, in the in the workflow actually play and, and work actually much much more closely together. So. So more options, better decision making, faster, more efficient. That's right. Lower but, risk, lower risk, right? So lower risk and lower the cost. Right? So increase the overall productivity, really. And you know, while again having again the impact on the environment not be a secondary uh, an afterthought. Right? So, but it's it's really by design. Absolutely. So thinking also about. Some people have ethical concerns surrounding generative AI. Um, can you talk a little bit to those concerns and how do we address those moving forward? That's a that's also an excellent question. So there are differences in the in the ethics uh, concerning actually a generative AI. One of them is is uh, something that that we hear uh, you know, of different applications of AI, where AI you know can replace at least sometimes you know kind of human skills and human creativity, right? So. Uh, in our case, actually, the reality is, is slightly different in that uh, design is a huge bottleneck today, right, in the industry, right? So, and there really just aren't enough, you know, trained and skilled industry professionals uh, who can take up the amount of work and the amount of challenges that, that the industry actually you know, necessitates. So, uh, what we're seeing our system is, uh, you know, the future deployments actually not in circumstances where uh, organizations are trying to, you know, downsize, but in fact, actually, is where organizations are currently bottlenecked by the inability to scale uh, because of the costs, but also because of the really the lack of skilled uh, trained actually personnel, which is really difficult to to have. Again, the industry actually suffers greatly actually from lack of, uh, you know, industry uh, trained industry and skilled professionals. So we really, I mean, our name actually has that concept like very kind of much kind of built in in the sense that our aim is really to extend the, you know, the abilities of, of humans rather than, you know, uh, supplant them, if that makes sense, right? So so AI in this case actually plays, in, we think, actually a very critical role in just uh, essentially uh, uh, really supplementing the creativity and the decision-making power, if you will, uh, that that people already bring to the table, right? So, but also having the ability to create this vast landscape of options, it's also learning tools that essentially people can use to really kind of better their own understanding of the compromises that are going to make in each project that they actually undertake, right? So, so it's definitely not a replacement, but rather actually it's a it's a supplement. If that makes sense. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. Well, Francesco, do you have anything else to share with us today? Uh, no, I think that, uh, again, this is, uh, we believe is one of the very few circumstances that uh, that happen to an industry like construction, right? So where uh, there's a chance for a transformation that is similar to, you know, the moving from the drafting table to a computer, really, right? So it's, we see the, the advent of uh, artificial intelligence as really that that milestone that would unlock essentially, you know, tremendous opportunities for the industry, right? So that really has suffered and kind of, kind of lagged behind at least several others like, like microelectronics or, or several others that have benefited from the injection of uh, uh, very sophisticated technology in, uh, in their development. Most definitely. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights. Look forward to hearing from you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.